0: This program contains explicit content and subject matter which may be unsuitable for some listeners. Discretion is advised. You've got questions. We've got all the answers when it comes to sex and more. This is The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Every week, we pick a series of topics that you've been wanting to know about. It's an encyclopedia of sex, intimacy, relationships, and so much more than that. Let's get things started. Now, here's your host, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. Hey, everyone.
1: Welcome to The A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Beth Bisbee. I am a sex and intimacy coach and a psychologist, and I've spent the last 30-plus years helping to create and maintain meaningful relationships that contain sizzling sex without the shame. We are working on way the alphabet one letter at a time. Today, letter is D, and D is for divine sexuality. And unfortunately, at the last minute, my guest was unable to make it. So, um, my husband is filling in, um, so please welcome Terence Scott, and we are going to speak Hello. to divine sexuality as best the two of us can. <laughs> Thanks for filling in on last minute.
2: Hey, I'm here for you.
1: <laughs>
2: Literally. <laughs> so, um,
1: so what we wanted to talk about was the, I- was the idea of divine and sacred sexuality. And um, in my world, this goes beyond just the idea that all sexual acts are sacred because every human is sacred. And that's certainly one of the things that we intended to talk about today, but goes further to look at um, some of the ways in which spiritual and religious traditions um, talk about sexuality as being a divine expression uh, depending on which tradition you're talking about. So before we start and dive deep, what's your view on this? Where do you come from on this perspective?
2: Oh, goodness. My view is that sexuality is not divorced from the divine. It is all part and parcel. There are, at least to me, there are times that you actually can feel the connection with the divine and usually it's it's at those moments when you are in a in a deep something whether it's out in nature and there's just you and nature and you can feel it or it's the co-mingling of two people who are set on the same goal of bringing joy to each other, which to me is you communicating to the divine that you get it, that you understand.
1: Okay. So, I mean, a lot of the times people talk about this in terms of of sex being sacred because it is the start of life. And, and while, I agree with that. As a starting place, I tend to go from the perspective of the our essences combining. Yes. So that whether or not you're actually birthing a life, the two of you combining are creating something. It doesn't yes. matter whether you're actually creating a physical life, but you're actually creating something by coming together and coming together in that way in which you're honoring each other, you're also honoring the divine out of you and in you. Yes. Um, and so, I know that sometimes people find it difficult to think about sex in this way when it comes outside of marriage. What do you think about those sorts of limitations?
2: Okay. Now, you got to understand, as far as I'm concerned, marriage is a man-made construct. Okay? Animals don't get married. While mm-hmm. some of them do take mates for life, they don't have a ceremony and they don't do any of that. You know, they decide to be together and that's how it works. But the idea that sex has to be cloaked in this ritual of 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 a solemn vow that there will never be anyone else and it will only be with one person doesn't really work because it, just observing life has shown us that that doesn't always work you might start out with one person and through life experiences, you diverge. What are you supposed to do then? So you're, you're
1: not looking at this as something that has to be contained in marriage, no. but looking at it as something that's contained within a relationship. And then it gets even more interesting for me. Yes. Because whether it's, is it contained within a relationship between two people? Can it be something that, that happens outside of a relationship?
2: It can. But it also depends on what do you mean by a relationship? If you're talking about just one of each, yes, that's a relationship. But two of one and one of another is also a relationship. If that's what they decide on. Truth. Two of two of two of one kind and two of another is still a relationship if they decide on that.
1: So you're you're defining relationship as a coming together. Yes, and, and an agreement—an
2: agreement of coming together, not just coming together, but an understanding that you are coming together, that this is something that you both want.
1: So the very basis of this, then, where what we're saying is—is—is is, is conscious. Yes. That number one, in order to have sacred sex, you have to be conscious. You have to be able to think and make a choice you
2: have to be able to consider all options from my perspective for it to be a sacred act all parties involved have to consciously be involved because you have to you have to be willing to give of yourself if they're just taking that's not Sacred, that's rape.
1: What about in negotiated in a negotiated scene where taking is the idea? But that's still a
2: negotiated scene.
1: Okay, so the negotiation and the and the consciousness has to happen.
2: There is still the conscious I am agreeing to. Okay. You are still you are still putting yourself out as part of it. You are not removed from it. This is not something that is being done to you against your will. You are willing to have this done. You are giving of yourself to this.
1: Okay. So um One of the places where this is discussed most often is when people talk about Tantra and we're a few minutes from break. So after the break, we'll talk a bit about the idea of Tantra and where sacred sexuality fits in there. But I wanted to highlight first that there are other forms of sexuality that are considered sacred and that certainly the idea of sex being part of an offering And sex being part of a spiritual experience, a ritual, goes back to many religions and many spiritual traditions and goes way back. Um, And when we get back, we'll talk a bit about the different kinds of traditions and the ways in which sexuality has been used to honor the divine and the importance of honoring the divine. So we will be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors and we look forward to seeing you then. Don't forget, you have the opportunity to call in if you have questions or write in any questions and we will be happy to answer them. They do not have to be on this topic. Anything about sex and relationships is fair game. So if you have a question and you're brave, call it in and we'll hear from you. If you're not feeling terribly brave, you don't want your voice heard, on the airwaves, then do write it in and we will answer when the question comes in. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness.
2: Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7.
0: Search Voice America at your favorite app store.
2: Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this is segment two. And this week it is D is for divine sexuality. And helping me out today with a last minute change is my husband, Terrence Scott. So before the the break, um, we were talking about uh, the various religious and spiritual traditions. And so I wanted to start with um, some of the ones that you might know better than others. So let's start talking a bit about how sex came into the fertilization of the land. Well,
2: I have spent most of my adult life as a pagan. And in that religious practice, what we came to understand was the this, this cycle of the seasons In many ways, is a very sexual act. You you have the 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 starting of it of the divine child being born and the divine child developing in into a, a into a teenager and then eventually the 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 budding and understanding that the their body has become fruitful and then from from there the coming together with the other part of of, of the cycle and coming together to make sure that all things w- would flower and and produce fruit and then they would move on to the point where the fruit is gathered and harvested and gotten ready for the next go around. So it it was always clothed in a very... Sensual, sexual right—the understanding that you are part of the microcosm and macrocosm of sexuality because you encompass all of that.
1: Yeah, and, and then we also talk about historically where um, the king of the land and the priestess would perform the great rite, and the great rite was done at a time to promote. Fertility, fertility of the land yes it was to make sure that the seasons would change and the cycle would continue to make sure that there would be abundance yes and that was never considered a sexual act that was a spiritual act
2: though it there was, was sex as part it, of it it was, was never considered act. an overtly sexual act no. there was there was sex involved but the sex was not the main focus of the right. The main focus of the right was, was the making sure that things progressed on and you were pushing the energy to make sure that that happened. And the right was part of you pushing that energy because everyone else, because it was a public right. Yes. Everyone was focused on the right and the energy of the right and the fertilization of mother earth by the by the father part of that so that fertility happened. So it wasn't about the sex. It was about the co-mingling of spirits to make sure that fertility and and life continued. So sex was the vehicle in that yeah. situation.
1: And what one, one of the things one of the reasons I highlight that is because it is certainly I think for individuals who practice sacred sexuality, who look at sexuality as divine, sex is often the vehicle for the raising of energy. Um, And it is something I talk about when I teach very regularly, which is that it is one of the easiest ways humans have to access that spiritual energy and to build it, to raise it
2: higher. When we are taught that that's okay. Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. And, of course, most of us aren't taught that that's okay. Most of us are taught that that's decidedly not okay. But energy is energy is energy. There isn't yes. anything special or more pure about energy in one of its forms. It, it It is all just energy, yes. And so, usually, one of the things that... Um, one of the reasons in spiritual practices where um, people are encouraged to withhold orgasm, for example, um, or actually with encouraged to withhold ejaculation, which is not withholding orgasm, it's withholding the physical aspect of orgasm. But one of the reasons that people are encouraged to do that is it because it builds energy higher. Yes. So it's it it is um, an effort to make sure that somebody doesn't spend their energy Um, frivolously right so the idea is to build it as high as you can and then take that energy and use that energy for a purpose yes hence sacred sexuality yes indeed no different whether you're practicing a spiritual tradition or not practicing a spiritual tradition
2: it can it can even be said that in some practices the withholding of also builds energy it's it it's the fact that while you may not be having sex the reason that you're not having sex is because you're building energy but The fact that you know that you are withholding the sex to build the energy means that you are still building sexual energy. You're just not allowing what people would consider the normal release of that energy. You're still building energy.
1: But I'm not, I'm not even sure I would. I guess that's that why I didn't say building sexual energy is I'm trying to take it away from the idea it's out of, of a separate kind of energy. It's still energy. It is still, well, it is all just energy. Right. And so most of our spiritual experiences are energetically based. Yes. Hence the idea that you can access the divine through that route. Now, probably one of the most common um, methods of accessing divine sexuality for people in the West is is that people in the West have heard of is Tantra. Although the Tantra that people in the West practiced as a rule has been Westernized because it doesn't come from Western culture.
2: Very much so.
1: Yeah, so Tantra originally comes from both Hindu and Buddhist cultures. And, and Tantra isn't just a sexual discipline. And I think it's important to understand that that was one portion of the discipline and that there's a, um, an awful lot and an awful lot of depth to the practice of Tantra. But one of the basic things when you're looking at some of the Western versions of this, one of the most basic parts of Tantra is the ability to be present Completely well, present and completely present with your partner.
2: Well, it it doesn't work well if you're not.
1: Truth. But then the vast majority of people don't know what that means. And many people have sexual experiences, even loving, caring sexual experiences, or what they feel are connected sexual experiences without um, being present.
2: One One of the things that I that I found out early on when I used to exercise a lot was that you exercise and you build up this energy because you've exercised and then you go take a shower. Okay. You built up this energy doing exercise. What are you going to do with it? One of the things that I, I liked about when I learned about Tantra was, okay, you have built up this energy, do something with it, whether whether it's, you know, you now go sing, or now go write, or now go do do pottery, take that energy and wait, create something.
1: Well and that's what I notice is that what you're talking about is, is creating something.
2: Creating. Yes. So we're
1: so we're back to the idea of the divine.
2: Yes. But that's that's the part that most people tend to forget that Oh goodness. Um, there was a a, a a quote, I'm not even sure who said it. It it's like animals and the earth And the divine, they understand each other. Animal and man, removed. Why? Why why do we remove ourselves from it by thinking that we're different from? They create energy like we create energy. So they are still part of the same system that you are. So... Why anything that you would do would not have an understanding of it affects the energy of yourself and the energy around you. Everything does. Breathing does. Thinking does. Everything moves energy.
1: But And breathing is, is often the basis of most of these practices. Um, and one of the first things that I remember being taught in spiritual teaching was how to breathe properly, which I routinely forget. And by the way,
2: folks, <laughs> it's
1: not as easy as you think.
2: <laughs> not nearly.
1: No. And, um, and it's probably one of the easiest times to forget how to breathe is when you're having sex just saying. It's really not that easy. It's well worth learning how to breathe and it's well worth practicing breath work.
2: Well, the the funny thing is, is if you sit down a a, a bunch of people and ask them, honestly, how many of you hold your breath when you're about to orgasm? They'll stop and they'll think about it. And then you'll slowly start seeing all the hands go up when when most of them realize that they do.
1: And uh, the number of times somebody says to me, breathe, I won't, we won't even go there, right? <laughs> we just won't go there. It's embarrassing. Um, and I'm well trained, right? And I've, I've done this and I've done sexual magic for years. And for me, that's part of divine sexuality. And we'll talk about that when we come back from the break. We're a couple of minutes from the break. Don't forget, you can write in with questions. Um, And we will talk about sex magic um, and the origins of some sex magic. We'll also talk a bit about um, the ways in which a couple can create their own divine space, because I think that's really worthwhile conversation to be having, is how can you create a divine space between you or between three or four of you, however many there Uh, are. And we will also talk about Spirituality and and the relationship to BDSM because that's something that comes up a lot um, when people have questions. So we'll talk about that as well. We'll be back in a couple of minutes after some words from our sponsors.
0: Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Good Grief airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Health and Wellness. There is a difference in health and wellness programs. There can be mainstream programs, and then there is something extra. That something extra is called tips to keep you healthy, happy, and motivated. With your host, Kristen Harper. If you want to hear some behind the scenes talk radio when it comes to health and wellness,
1: Are you ready to live to 100? Join Dr. Joe Casciani and his program that shows us that age is just a number. You can age with fresh and inspiring perspectives, whether it's staying physically fit or keeping mentally fit. With great stories, plenty of advice about successful aging, and brighter outlooks, you just might join those who are living to 100. The Living to 100 Club is broadcast live every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time and 5 p.m. Eastern Hey everybody, welcome back to the A to Z of Sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. This is part three of D is for Divine Sexuality and I'm joined by my husband Terence Scott today filling in for the pre- previously announced guests. So before the break, um, we were talking about energy um, and breathing and breathing is the basis for some of this. Um, and on the break, you mentioned that you were thinking about a story about energy. So why don't we start there?
2: I I was in an airport. I was flying to go see uh, my folks. And there happened to be this rather attractive woman who was sitting by herself. This group of young men spied her. And, of course, one of them decided he was going to hit on her. And she smiled and she she looked at him and said, um, do you believe in the soul and spirit? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, you you do realize that the energy of your spirit extends outside of your body. And he's like, okay. She goes, and so does mine. And he goes, okay. And he goes, so if we're in close contact with each other, they would actually co-mingle. And he's like, okay. And she goes, now, did you know that that co-mingling of energy usually lasts for about seven years? And he's like, What does that mean? She goes, that would mean that if this goes badly, you are going to feel me for the next seven years. Is that what you want? And he sat back and he thought about it. And he looked at her, thought about it and went, no, that's
1: okay. Hell of a way to get out of a pass.
2: But it was after that she turned and she looked at me and I looked at her and we, and I nodded and she nodded because I knew what she was saying. She was not lying to him. She was telling him the truth. Was People do not understand that even your brief supposed one night stands, there is a commingling of energy. You transfer energy to each other. There's there is no such thing as just I'm sorry, a one-night stand. It lasts for a while.
1: Not for seven years though.
2: Yeah. Not in the sense that most people think. No. But I think I I think she was trying to get him to understand that it's not just going to be what you think. And more people need to understand that it's not just a physical thing. You you have to think outside the box. So when you're when you're trying to create that energy with your partner, it shouldn't stop at just your fingertips or or your your nose or your your cock or your pussy. It's that energy that you exude. That's that's what you should be trying to work with, with that partner to make it special, to make it more than just a so, physical act.
1: Right. So so people get like people when we start, when people start talking like this, I know that clients go like, oh, and they kind of switch off. They think it's all all woo? Um, all woo and very <laughs> difficult. But, you know, let's start with things like just breathing in tandem. Yes. Right? So it's an easy exercise for you guys to try if you've not done this with a partner before and you want to feel the connection more deeply. Because when we're talking about divine or sacred sexuality, we're talking about that deep connection. Now, if you don't have a partner, by the way, you, do, you can do this with yourself, right? You don't have to have a partner to be really feeling that connection because you're connecting to more than yourself. So... Start by breathing and breathing deep. You know, breathe into a four count, then hold it to a four count, not strained, and then breathe out to a four count. Just start there. And if you're with a partner, start breathing in tandem. Now, sometimes you'll notice when you're really in sync with your partner, you do that anyway. Yes. You don't have to try. You don't have to practice. It's there. It's what happens. Because you're with a
2: partner. It's the same as when you're walking with a partner. Sooner or later, your walking becomes in sync.
1: Yeah. Depending.
2: No, if they have really long legs, it doesn't work out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, truth, it doesn't. Um, Not if you have short legs like mine. But, yes, so you start in sync, right? Start breathing in sync. Another one that you can do, which is a really it's far harder than you might think is eye gazing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now most people find it really difficult to look into someone's eyes in the West. For most of us we're raised that looking at somebody's eyes means you either want to fight or fuck. So actually sitting and eye gazing can become definitely <laughs> uncomfortable, incredibly uncomfortable. That sounds like the dog.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, of course.
1: Yep there we go um and so um it is definitely one you're gonna have to practice because initially when you first do eye gazing where your only job is to look into your partner's eyes most of the time people start to laugh yes that's okay laugh and then start doing it again and practice until you can do it for a good long time Mm
2: -hmm. there is also the almost touch
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah
2: which is, it again, it's very simple to do. It's harder than it looks because the instinct for most people is to touch. But you just simply bring your hands as close to the other person's hand as you can without physically touching and then just stop. And just hold it there. Now, you combine it with eye-gazing, and it, it becomes, well, for lack of a better word, it becomes magical. Yeah. Add to that the breathing, and it definitely becomes something. So these things can be done separately. They can be done together.
1: You can do eye-gazing in the mirror, which yes. I actually advise people to do. And the reason is because most people don't look at themselves very often. And when they do look at themselves, they tend to look at themselves critically. Yes. Instead of, instead of actually looking at what's there. So um, it's a good practice to start getting rid of some of that horrible self-talk.
2: Yes. To do actually, something back in the actually, actually knowing what you look like is a good thing.
1: So these are the the sorts of beginning things that you can put together in order to really feel that connection and to become more present with each other, which is what you need to raise that energy. Um, And in fact, in most um, systems that are teaching divine sexuality, these are the places where we start. It's where we start in Western sex magic. It's where we start in Tantra. It's where we start Um, In unnamed neo-pagan systems, it's always with breath.
2: Well, that's because connection starts with you.
1: Yep. So first you need to be connected to your body. You need to be seated well.
2: Yes. First, yes. First you connect with yourself. You connect with yourself. You connect with the divine, which is actually fairly easy if you let it. Yeah. And once you're comfortable with those two concepts, you just broaden it to include other people.
1: This takes practice. Yes. Practice, practice, practice. But practice can be just a little bit a day. It doesn't need to be onerous. It doesn't need to be that big a deal. Just a little bit a day going over it and you'll feel the shift. So the other thing I said that we were gonna talk about during this bit is to talk about creating that space between the two of you first, before we get into anything to do with BDSM. We talk about creating that space between the two of you. What you want if you're going to engage in sacred sex is a sacred space. Now, it may seem obvious, but oftentimes people have sex where they can be interrupted, where there are phones, where, um, you know, the kids are going to come in at any minute or uh, they have 20 minutes and they're grabbing a quickie. Nothing wrong with that, but oftentimes when people connect, it's not with a lot of forethought and deliberation and planning and that's all right but if you really want to intensify your connection at least until you get incredibly good at working with energy and being able to connect because when you're very good at that you can connect from a distance you don't need to be in the same room same house same state same country right and you can still feel each other but that takes lots of practice so in order to get good at this, one of the things that will help increase your connection is to create a sacred space to start out with. It's really easy. Sometimes it's as simple as making sure that the space is pleasing to you. The temperature is, is acceptable. The lighting is good. Um, if you're in a bedroom, the bed looks good. There's not too much clutter around. Just a pleasing space and make sure it's an uninterruptible space. And besides doing that physically, i.e. turning off your phones and, you know, making sure nobody's going to interrupt it, you can do that with intention. And so you can make a clear intention that this space is sacred for this time and just for the two of you, the three of you, the four of you, or how many of you are connecting in this way. Try it a couple of times on your own and feel the difference between that and just the bedroom. Again, it's one you can practice. It's a conscious, deliberate act, and that's the important part of this. This is done consciously, deliberately, and with intention. And we are now actually only about a minute from break. Um, in the last segment, we are going to talk about um, spirituality and BDSM and how to create ritual in BDSM, just a little bit anyway, because we've been asked about that actually. We did have a question coming about that and um, how to bring that sort of spiritual flavor into BDSM play. And we'll answer any other questions that come up. We'll be back in a couple of minutes.
0: Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. We're with you wherever Alexa and Google are, at home, in the car, on your smart TV, and your connected devices. Hey, Alexa. Hey, Google.
2: Play my favorite
1: Voice America podcast on TuneIn.
0: It's just that easy. But make sure you actually
1: mention the name of the podcast show to make it work.
0: Functional Medicine with Dr. Robbins looks at how natural healing and biological dentistry can safely and effectively treat most health problems.
1: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the A to Z of sex with me, Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee. And this week it's D is for divine or sacred sexuality. And I am joined by my husband, Terrence Scott, who stood in for my lately lost guest. Um, And in this final section, we're going to talk a little bit about um, introducing the spiritual and um, ritual into BDSM um, because it's a question that I'm often asked about as you may know that for some people, um, ritualistic play of any kind can bring on a divine or ecstatic state. Um, And of course, if you look back at early, some early um, Christian cults, you had self-flagellation for example which was done in order to bring on an ecstatic state. Um, So it's rhythmic and intensity seems to be two of the keys to um, increasing um, one's level of connection there. Would you agree with me on
2: that? Oh, definitely, without a doubt.
1: So a lot of people who engage in um, BDSM play do activities that are both rhythmic and intense so they raise the energy that way so for example flogging or single tail you probably get away with it with canes as well
2: Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. of your
1: yeah or one of your favorites which is drumming so um just as many people drum in order to to enter into an ecstatic state, and again, that's entering into that connection with the divine. Um, people use drums. Drums are made of skin. There's no reason not to use human ones. Living ones. Living ones. Yes. Well,
2: you might you might want to specify for some people because you know how some people are.
1: Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hope that I hope that it, my audience would not have a problem with that. But yes. So there is is a class, in fact, that we've taught together on a number of occasions called creating a human drum circle. I don't drum. So that tells you where I am in this.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody's got to be the beater and somebody's got to be the beady.
1: That's right. So the same way as you would send energy around an ordinary drum circle, you're sending energy around a human drum circle. Only it's building from two parts. Because the drums feed back. Well, and one would say actually that even when you're drumming non-human drums that the drums still feed back. So you're talking, what are you talking? Three
2: Three. three parts. Mm -hmm. There is the sound, the sound alone. There's the feedback from the drum. There is the feedback from the drummer.
1: Mm -hmm. So some basic and simple ways to bring the spiritual and ritual into BDSM play. Step one, create a sacred space. Be, take care in your materials. Take care in how you set things up. Prepare yourselves. Go have a shower or a bath. What you want is a transition from daily life
2: to this ritual. In, into the time and the place. Not just the place, but the time.
1: Time and the place. And so that transition can be as simple as sitting and having a private meditation um, or changing clothing. or and, and we do this in daily life all the time. So sometimes people, again... People be like, oh, that's woo. I don't do that woo stuff. But actually, we do these things in daily life all the time. Just have to think of them slightly differently. So a shower or a bath is always a nice transition to get ready. Make sure that entry into the space is ritualized. Walk in a certain way. Use certain music. Use the same music over and over again because that will set the headspace up. And that will get energy flowing.
2: And go in knowing why you're going in.
1: That's right. Set the intention, you know, so that you know what you're doing. So when you're doing your negotiation beforehand, discuss what the intention is. What is the plan for this ritual space? It might just be to give glory to the divine. That's fine. It doesn't have to be a special thing. But know what you're doing and set the attention beforehand. Know your roles, know what you're expected to do or not do within the situation. Have aftercare set up as well so that's all ritualized.
2: Yes. If you're gonna bring the energy up, you need to be able to also bring it back down to normal.
1: Yeah. And if there's going to be people watching you might consider what you say to the people who are going to be watching and lending their energy to the proceedings. Yes. If it's important to you that this be a sacred ritual, then you might consider doing this in your own space rather than doing it with lots of people who are not necessarily predictable. If you are experienced, that won't cause you a problem. Their interruption won't change what you're doing. But... In the beginning it can be really disruptive.
2: Yes. It's it's like any, it's like anything else. Once once you have gotten into a pattern of behavior, it is harder for outside things to bother you or deflect from it. Yeah. Absolutely. And initially initially Yeah, you try to make sure that you don't have those things until it becomes a ritual pattern of this is what we do, when we do, how we do, so that it becomes rooted in your mind so that when you know that you're about to do it, you're already kicking into that space. Yes. Yeah.
1: And this is all a matter of pattern and practice. Yes. So... We are only a few minutes from close. Um, do you have um, a last comment on divine sexuality? Uh,
2: don't be afraid of it. Okay. It it it's it's just that simple. Don't be afraid of it. It it's life.
1: And I guess that's what I would say is that is that one doesn't have to practice a particular spiritual discipline in order to have your um, sexuality be sacred or divine. Um, and in fact, I would say that all sexuality is sacred and divine, as long as it's with awareness. And that's really all you need is the awareness.
2: Yes. Um, all consensual sexuality is divine.
1: And there it is. Listen out for invites to my exclusive readings and exclusive events, folks. Um, I have a secret separate worldwide gathering happening soon, and these are exclusive parties where I gather a group of exciting people together to talk about topics that are impacting us and the world. If this interests you, please email me at loribeth at com for an application. The first erotic fireside chat is happening on the 4th of September. These special evenings will contain an erotic reading and an activity. They're for singles and couples. Again, these are exclusive events and they're by invite only. If this interests you, let me know. If you enjoy the A to Z of sex, come find out more over at A to Z of sex.com today. You can sign up for regular updates, exclusive invites to special events and more A to Z of sex. Next week, E is for estrogen, when I will be talking with Clarissa Christensen, and I'm really looking forward to that. I hope you guys stay safe and have a fantastic week. We've got some fantastic shows coming up, so do consider subscribing so you don't miss any. And thanks again to my husband, Terrence Scott, for stepping in at the last minute and helping me create
2: tonight's show. Hey. A little sacred space was good.
1: Yeah, always. <laughs> have a good one, and I'll see you next week.
0: We hope you learned something today. But if you have more questions, go ahead and email them to Lori Beth at com. Then be here next Thursday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time for another edition of The A to Z of Sex with Dr. Lori Beth Bisbee on Voice America Health and Wellness. See you next week.